It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. And this is episode 41 of Dramatic Listening and part three of our Philip Marlowe story, The Feminine Touch. I'm calling part three, Tough Break. More about that later. This story began with episode 39 of Dramatic Listening. So if you haven't listened to part one and two yet, I encourage you to do that first. Otherwise, you're jumping into the middle of a story here today. In part two, our last episode, Marlowe posed as a journalist, and he interviewed Pepper Riggs, the motorcycle stunt driver. He wanted to find out what his plans were for the stunt team and what the other team members thought of it. The interview ended when Pepper got suspicious that Marlowe wasn't a journalist, but rather a detective. Then, Marlowe listened in on a conversation between Jess Hadley, who ran the Wall of Death show, and the motorcycle mechanic. He learned there was a lot of suspicion and lack of trust between various team members. In today's episode, part three of The Feminine Touch, Marlowe gets Adrian talking. He tries to find out what her motives are and how far she's willing to go to achieve her goals. And then, tragedy strikes. There's a tragic accident, but Marlowe is sure it was no accident. It was premeditated murder. But does he know enough about all the players to pinpoint the murderer? Before we listen, I have 23 key words to introduce to you. If you want to read along, you can find the word list on Dramatic Listening Episode 41. That's www.dramaticlistening.com DL041. There's also a supplementary list of 20 more words that you'll meet in this part of the play. Okay, key words. And our first one is a phrase, flatter oneself. Flatter yourself. To think that you are better than someone else thinks you are. So you take something as a compliment when it really wasn't intended to be a compliment. In Chinese, way. Two people talking. First one says, Even though I'm the best singer, I'm not going to grace you with my presence at karaoke. The second speaker says, You flatter yourself. We didn't invite you because we think you're a great singer. We just wanted to have fun together. Flatter yourself. 
Number two, setup. A setup can also be called a frame up. This is a noun and it's the noun for setting someone up or framing someone, making it look like an innocent person committed the crime. Xianhai Wugu. So you can set somebody up, frame somebody. You can say, I've been set up. These are all verbs. I've been framed. Or you can use the noun. It's a setup. Can't you see that? I'm innocent, I tell you. Setup. Word number three curves. The shape of a woman's body. Curves, not straight. And curves can also mean tricky, like a curve ball in baseball. Chu Xian So curves, Chu Xian. Isn't she beautiful? She's got all the curves in all the right places. Curves. Word number four, angles. Angles can be schemes, tricky ways of getting the advantage over someone else. Chao ji or ji liang. Ask Eddie how he would handle it. He's got all the angles. Angles. Word number five, resent. Resent means to be angry or upset about somebody or something that you think is unfair. Ji hun or yun hun or nao nu. I hired her for her good organizational skills. It had nothing to do with her looks, so you can stop resenting her. Resent. Word number six, amateur. An amateur is a person who does something for pleasure and not as a job. They're not a professional. They're waihang or yeyu. For an amateur, he's pretty good at chess. You should try playing him. Amateur. Word number seven, compete. When you compete, you try to get or win something that somebody else is also trying to win. Or you're trying to be better or more successful than someone or something else. Jing Zhang or Sai Shi. He's a good runner. Even though he's short, he competes with much taller athletes with much longer strides, but he still wins. Competes. Number eight, excess baggage. Excess baggage is overweight luggage or too many suitcases for one traveler. So, 
Chao Liang Xing Li or Chao Zhong Xing Li. But we also use it in another way to mean something or even somebody that you have to carry that's not worth the effort. Things that get in the way. For example, it's hard to marry someone later in life. They usually come with a lot of excess baggage. Word number nine, fascination. Fascination is the state of feeling an intense interest in something. Zhao Mi. The toddler, a toddler's about three years old, just learned to walk. The toddler's fascination with the dog convinced the parents to get him a puppy. Fascination. Word number 10, exhibition. Exhibition is a show of some quality or trait. Biao Xian. So you could have an exhibition of ferocity, being fierce to frighten other animals away. The ape made an exhibition of ferocity to frighten the hunters away. Exhibition. Word number 11, sloping. Sloping means something's on an angle. It's slanted. Qingxiede, or xiepo. The old house was a fixer-upper. The kitchen floor was sloping to the back. Sloping. Number 12, glared. Glare. To glare is to stare angrily or fiercely. Chun Mu or Deng Shi. When I smiled at that guy, his girlfriend glared at me. She must be the jealous type. Glared. Word number 13, revolution. Revolution means to go around a circle. One revolution, one time around the circle. Drawn. When cycling, you should aim for 80 to 100 revolutions of your pedal per minute. Revolution. Word number 14. Smear. Smear is a dirty mark, a smudge a stain, a streak, wuji or wuban. There's a smear of lipstick on this cup. It must have been used by a woman. Smear. Word number 15, skid. Skid is a verb. A skid is a sudden, uncontrolled sliding movement. Da Hua. He braked suddenly and the motorcycle skidded out from under him. Skid. Word number 16, 
swerve, swerve, another verb. When you swerve, you change direction suddenly, especially to avoid hitting somebody or something when you're driving. Swerve. Hung chong zhuang. A cat ran across the road, and I swerved to avoid hitting it. Swerve. Word number 17, a phrase. Out of control. Out of control. When something is out of control, it is no longer under your ability to make it function the way you want it to. It's out of control. Tuo jiang, or bu shou guan shu, or wu fa kong zhi. I hit a patch of ice, and the car swerved out of control. I'm okay, but my car is in the ditch. Out of control. Word number 18, fundamentals. Fundamentals are basic functions. Jibun gong or jibun yuan li. Elementary school children learn the fundamentals of mathematics. They learn how to count, they learn how to add, and after that they learn how to subtract, multiply, and divide. These are the fundamentals of mathematics. Word number 19, addition. Addition is adding numbers together. 1 plus 1 equals 2. Jaffa. Tommy knows how to do addition, subtraction, and multiplication, but he's having trouble with division. Addition. Word number 20, liable, especially when it's followed by a to verb. Liable to means likely to or apt to. So you might be liable to get sick or likely to get sick. Rongi Shang Bing or apt to get sick. So we can just say that liable to is rongi. Where's your jacket? If you dress like that in this weather, you're liable to get sick. Liable to. Word number 21, a phrase, and the title of this lesson, tough break. Tough break. A tough break is an unfortunate end, a bitter fate, a hard lot, a change for the worse. Kuming. He had crossed the railway track many times before. It was a tough break that his foot got caught between the rails this time. Tough break. Word 22, another phrase, rough somebody up. To rough someone up means to give someone a beating. 
probably as a threat. Da Da Chusho. The gangsters roughed him up when he didn't have protection money ready for them. Rough someone up. Word number 23, a phrase, premeditated murder. This is a murder that was planned or thought about before being committed. Before someone killed that person, they at least had time to think about it, to plan a little bit. Yu Mo Sharen. Sure, they were lovers, but this was a premeditated murder, not a crime of passion. You see, she took out insurance on him a couple of months before she killed him. Premeditated murder. So that's it for our key words. If your native language is Chinese, you can practice those words with Chinese English flashcards, quizzes, games at quizlet.com. Go to www.dramaticlistening.com slash quizlet. There's also a supplementary list of 20 more words used in this part of the play, and they're also on Quizlet. Do you wish you could read along while you listen? You can. Get the Dramatic Listening app from the Amazon App Store or get the Podcast Box app by Wizard Media on Google Play or iTunes and subscribe to Dramatic Listening in the Podcast Box app. Either way, the Android app or the Podcast Box app it's just $1.99 US. That's about 60 New Taiwan dollars. And for that one-time investment in your education, you will get the Radio Play transcript with every episode you listen to. For more information on subscribing to the podcast, paid or free, go to www.dramaticlistening.com slash fac, F-A-Q. Let's listen now to Tough Break, part three of Philip Marlowe and the Feminine Touch. At the end of part two, you'll remember, Marlowe had just gotten caught tuning in to Jess Hadley and Moon's conversation. He heard them discussing their suspicions. As part three opens, Hadley and Moon walk away from Marlowe. I watched Jess Hadley and Moon walk away, and then I went back to the Wall of Death, bought a ticket, and climbed the stairs of the gallery at the top of the 30-foot motodrome. The house lights were on, but in the half-darkness at the bottom of the big bowl, I saw three motorcycles in the open trap door. The gallery was nearly full. It only took one glance around the ring of faces at the lip of the bowl to spot her. She had insolent eyes and wide, soft, red mouth, and her hair tumbled in loose, blonde waves over the shoulders of a shimmering white silk shirt, very wide open at her throat. 
I moved up beside her and leaned on the rail. Why don't you go home, Sherlock? I can't use a watchdog. You flatter yourself, Adrian. I'm here only to case a setup. If it includes your broken neck, that's just another item in my report. Is that right? Hmm. Well, you're pretty, so I'll make it real easy for you. Set up simply this. I like to go fast. Motorcycles do that for me. So does Pepper Ray. That satisfy you? Not quite. You got the curves, baby, but somebody else has the angles. Meaning what? Well, these professionals might resent an amateur moving in. Makes you think I'm an amateur, Mr. Marlowe. I'll compete with dear little Mickey North on any basis, curves or angles. I got Pepper, didn't I? Now I'll have her spot in the show, if I want. How does all this set with Lou Bryan? Lou's excess baggage, but strictly. Pepper's been carrying the whole show for weeks. Oh, there go the housemates. So it's been nice, Sherlock, but that makes it time to run along, doesn't it? No, I think I'll stick around, honey, whether you like it or not. Suit yourself. But don't stick too close. You might get run over. When a floodlight over the center of the drone flashed on and filled the deep bowl with a dead white flare, the performers climbed through the trap door in the bottom, closed it behind them, and mounted their bikes. With the first roar of the motors, Adrian gripped the railing and stared down, her eyes glistening with fascination. And now, just happy presents the Jeff Peters and a hair-raising exhibition of riding skills. Performed at 70 miles an hour on a vertical wall. Starring Papa Rick with lovely Mickey North and smiling Lou Bryan. It was Lou Bryan who led off, starting slowly at first, around and around the sloping base of the bowl. Pepper Riggs watched him for a moment, then looked up, waved at Adrian, and grinned while Mickey North glared straight ahead. There was no smile on smiling Lou Bryan's face either as he whirled faster and faster around the drone. The bowl began to tremble with every revolution as the speeding motorcycles raced over the boards and rose higher and higher on the vertical wall until finally it was only five feet from the rim. Then suddenly from somewhere a black smear sailed out on the white under the tires. A smear that grew with every turn. It was oil. A second later, it happened. The back wheel skidded. The bike swarmed out of Blue Iron's control. It was something alive. And then it fell. Move along, folks. Come on, break it up. Lou Bryan was dead long before they got him through the trap door and into the ambulance. And watching him fall had put a freeze on my mind that took 20 minutes thawing out. But when the fundamentals of addition went to work again... I started looking around, and just in time to see Moon, the mechanic, barreling a 1930 flivver for all it was worth, out of the parking lot and heading for the highway, lights out. I ran to my car, piled in to take after him, when something long and yellow smashed into my bumper. Can't you see where you're going? You took the words right out of my mouth, Adrian. You timed it perfectly, didn't you? Timed what perfectly? That block. So Moon, your grease monkey assistant, could put a few miles behind him. Adrian. Adrian, what happened? Milo. Yeah, don't worry, Riggs. Adrian here did a lovely job. Our bumpers are braided. What? You know, I'm getting a little sick of you, Marlowe. You're liable to get sick of Speedy. Because I'm going to find out exactly why Lou Bryan died tonight, and you're going to answer some questions. He died because the oil line broke. Yeah, it happens all the time to wall climbers. It was a tough break, that's all. Oh, sure, sure. Now, look. Just in case you two didn't know, Lou Bryan objected to you, Adrian. So much so, in fact, that he wrote a letter to your father threatening to rough you up if you didn't lay off. From where I sit, somebody beat him to the punch. Guess who? Listen, Marley, you're running off at the mouth. If you got something to say, say it. Right out, like a big boy. Okay. Riggs, Lou Bryan's death was no accident. It was cold, premeditated murder. Tie that on your handlebars, death cheater. Uh-huh. 
Okay, it's time for the walkthrough. Marlo goes back to the Wall of Death to watch the show, not for entertainment, but as a detective. He sees the three motorcycles ready to enter by the trap door in the bottom of the barrel-shaped room. A trap door is a door that's hard to notice because it blends into the wall or the floor around it. Huobanmen, Huogai, or Tianchuang. A trap door has no handles, so when it closes, it looks like they're able to ride their motorcycles over it, uh, just like it's the rest of the wall. Marla looked around for Adrian. You'll remember she is her client's daughter, and he's supposed to be looking out for her, watching over her. He sees her looking over the top of the circle, down at the bikes. He describes her as having insolent eyes. She looked at people with insulting disapproval. Zhuang Kuang, or Kuang Tai. Ao Man Wu Li. If she looked at you, you felt like she was looking down on you. Other than that, she looked quite beautiful. Red lips and long, wavy, blonde hair. She was wearing a shimmering white silk shirt. It's shimmering, shan shuode. It's shiny because it's made of silk, and the light seems to dance on it. Marlo goes over to her. He wants to talk, but she immediately tells him to go home. She says she doesn't need a watchdog. She doesn't want his protection. She calls him Sherlock, meaning Sherlock Holmes. In other words, she's telling him, I know you're a detective. Marlowe's response is, you flatter yourself, Adrian. Flatter means to praise somebody in a way that's not sincere. Guojiang, or Chuipeng, or Pai Ma Pi. But if you flatter yourself, you take something as a compliment when it wasn't even intended to be a compliment. Zi Yi Wei. Marlo says, you've accepted a compliment that I didn't even give you. You've tricked yourself into thinking that this is all about you. You think you're the focus of attention. You're not. I'm just here to case a setup. Case means to check something out, investigate it. Such as, you might case a place to work out a plan for committing a crime there. But Marlowe says, I'm here to investigate a setup, a setup or a frame-up. Somebody's making it look like an innocent person committed a crime. He basically tells Adrian, you seem to be involved in this, but I'm not here to protect or babysit you. 
This approach gets Adrian talking because, after all, she doesn't want a babysitter. She says she just likes the speed, the excitement, and Pepper Riggs. She asks Marlowe if he's satisfied with her answer, and he says he is. He also says, You got curves, baby, but somebody else has the angles. Curves refer to the shape of her body. Uh, she's a beautiful young woman. Chu Xian curves. So he can see that Adrian has sex appeal, but she's not the one manipulating the situation. Oh, she might get someone jealous or upset, but she's not the one. The angles, the schemes, the tricky ways of getting the advantage over somebody else, Chao Ji or Ji Liang, She's not the one with any criminal intent. No plans to kill, blackmail, or hurt anyone in any way. Marlo can see that she's only thinking about how to attract and keep Pepper Riggs, but she seems unaware of how strongly someone might react against her. Marlo had to point out to her that these professionals, the motorcycle stunt team, Pepper, Lou, and Mickey, might resent an amateur moving in. If you resent someone, you're angry or upset with them because you think something they're doing is unfair. Ji Hun, or Yen Hun, or Nao Nu. You might resent that because you're a professional, but they're an amateur, a person who's just doing something for pleasure, but not as a job, not as a professional. They're an amateur. Why, Hong? Adrian doesn't see herself as an amateur. Mickey North is her competition. They both want Pepper. Adrian got Pepper from her, and if she wants Mickey's spot in the show, she believes she'll get that too. Adrian is probably expecting that her relationship with Pepper will get her in. She is manipulative, but she's playing this game with her sex appeal alone. It's on that basis that she knows she is competing with Mickey North. To compete means you're both trying to get the same thing. So they're both trying to get that relationship with Pepper and be on the stunt team. Jing Zheng or Sai Shi. Mickey is the ex-girlfriend so it's just a matter of time before she loses her place on the team as well. Pepper will replace Mickey with Adrian in the trick-riding act. So Marlo asks Adrian about Lou Bryant, the other team member. How does Lou feel about her becoming part of the team? Her answer is that Lou is excess baggage. 
Sometimes you have to carry stuff, like when you're traveling. You have a suitcase and bags, and sometimes you pack too much. And partway through your trip, you realize you didn't need all that stuff. It's chao liang xing li, or chao zhong xing li, excess baggage. You wish you didn't have to carry it around anymore, and you swear you'll pack lighter next time. That is how Adrian sees Lou. He's not doing anything for the show anymore. In fact, he's poisoning the show. He's excess baggage with strychnine. That's a kind of poison. Fan mu biejian. Adrian is probably referring to how he has become a coward lately. The real daredevil that everyone comes to see is Pepper. If Lou dropped out, it wouldn't hurt the team at all. In fact, it would make things easier. At that point, the lights in the grandstand dim, to put everyone's focus on the show. It's about to begin. Adrian tells Marlow it's time for him to go, but he says he's going to stick around. He's going to stay, not leave. Dolio, or Manzo. Pepper, Lou, and Mickey come into the bottom of the barrel-shaped room through the trap door, and they mount their bikes. That means they get on by swinging one leg over, qua or chi. Adrian is keenly interested in them. Marlo can see the fascination, Zhao Mi, in her eyes. The announcer presents the death cheaters. He tells the audience to get ready for a hair-raising exhibition or display of their riding skill. An exhibition is a show of some quality or trait, biao xian. So they're showing off their riding skill and their bravery. The show started with Lu driving around and round near the bottom of the wall, where it was sloping. It's on an angle; it's slanted, qing xie de or xie po. That's so they can get started on their way up the wall. Pepper looks up and waves and smiles at Adrian, but Mickey isn't smiling. She is glaring straight ahead. She glared. She stared angrily or fiercely. Chen Mu, or Deng Shi. Lou Bryant isn't smiling either, even though his show name is Smiling Lou Bryant. Lou is picking up speed. He whirled, or In other words, went round and round the room faster and faster, jijuan, and also higher and higher. With every revolution, with every complete circle around the wall of death, juan, the walls of the bowl are shaking. He's up near the top now, just five feet, about one and a half meters below the rim. The rim is the top edge of the barrel. Datongko. Then suddenly, there's a black smear, a dirty mark, a smudge, a stain, a streak. 
Wuji or Wuban. It was a streak of oil. Then the motorcycle skidded. It went into a sudden, uncontrolled slide. It swerved out of Lu's control. It changed direction suddenly. And it was out of control. Lu could no longer make the motorcycle do what he wanted it to do. And then Lu fell off the wall. An ambulance came. That's an emergency vehicle used to rush sick or injured people to the hospital. But Lu was already dead. Marlo was in a state of shock. Watching Lou Bryant fall put a freeze on his mind. Freeze means it's unable to move, just like water can't move when it freezes and turns to ice. Dongjie, freeze. He was unable to think is what this means. It was a freeze on his mind. He says it took 20 minutes before he could think straight again. 20 minutes thawing out. To thaw out means a solid, like ice, changes to a liquid. It becomes water again when it warms up. So his mind, his brain, needed to thaw out. And then he could think again. He says, when the fundamentals of addition, the basic functions, gong or yuanli, the fundamentals of addition, of adding numbers together, one plus one equals two, jiafa. When he could do this again, he started looking around. Here, Marlo isn't really talking about doing math. He's talking about logical thinking. When you put two and two together, you're able to figure out what's happening. You're linking events together and seeing the cause and the effect. You're starting to understand who did what and what motivated them. Why did they do it? Marlo notices Moon, the mechanic, drive away really fast. He barreled out, he charged out or rushed out, Chongchu, in a car with no lights on. He was trying to get away without anyone noticing. Marlo immediately ran to his own car and piled in. He got into the car in a hurry, in other words. Saijin or Jijin. He was trying to catch Moon, but right then something long and yellow, a yellow car, smashed into his car. It hit his bumper really hard. The bumper is part of the car body. There's one across the front and another one across the back of every car. It's there to protect the car in case it bumps into something. The driver of the yellow car was Adrian. Marlo is sure she hit him on purpose 
so that he couldn't chase after their grease monkey. Grease monkey is a nickname for a mechanic because his hands are always black with grease from working on motorcycles and cars. So grease monkey or mechanic, jigong, chichir jigong. Pepper comes running over to make sure Adrian is okay. Marlo tells Pepper not to worry. Adrian did a lovely job. Marlo is being sarcastic. He doesn't really think that what Adrian did is lovely. It's terrible, but he does think the little accident was planned and that Pepper was part of the plan. Marlo describes their two cars after hitting each other. He says, our bumpers are braided. In other words, they're twisted around each other. Pepper resents Marlowe for implying that the accident was planned. He's getting sick of Marlowe. Marlowe says he's liable to get sicker, meaning he's likely to get sicker. Sicker, or likely to, liable to, rongi. He won't like the questions Marlowe asks, but Marlowe is not leaving. He's going to get some answers out of Pepper Riggs about why Lou Bryant died. Pepper and Adrian just see it as bad luck. The oil line on his motorcycle broke. There's always the chance that the motorcycle could break down. It happens sometimes. It could happen to anyone. It was a tough break, just bad luck. And Lou Bryant met with an unfortunate end. He died. Kuming, a tough break. Marlowe tells Adrian and Pepper about Lou Bryant's threatening letter to Adrian's father. He objected to Adrian. He didn't like her with Pepper. He threatened to rough her up, give her a beating. Dada Chusho if she didn't lay off Pepper Riggs. Marlowe says, from where I sit, or the way I see it, somebody beat him to the punch. In other words, somebody killed Lou before he could hurt Adrian. Marlowe says, guess who? Marlowe thinks he knows who. It looks like Pepper has motive. He would kill Lou to protect his girlfriend. Pepper's offended. He tells Marlowe that he is running off at the mouth. He's talking a lot, but he's not getting to the point. He's speaking vaguely, speaking ambiguously. Sometimes we say he's beating around the bush. In Chinese, Tong Su. Guai wan mo jiao de shuo, or dong la shi che. He says, If you've got something to say, say it. If you're going to accuse me, say it clearly. So Marlowe does. He tells Pepper that Lou's death was not an accident, it was cold, premeditated murder. 
It had been planned before being committed. Yumo Sharan. Then he says, tie that on your handlebars, death cheater. In other words, Marlowe blames Lou's death on Pepper Riggs. Well, that's all for this one. That's it for the walkthrough. Let's listen once again to part three of Philip Marlowe and the Feminine Touch. watched Jess Hadley and Moon walk away, and then I went back to the wall of death, bought a ticket, and climbed the stairs to the gallery at the top of the 30-foot motodrome. The house lights were on, but in the half-darkness at the bottom of the big bowl, I saw three motorcycles in the open trap door. The gallery was nearly full. It only took one glance around the ring of faces at the lip of the bowl to spot her. She had insolent eyes and wide, soft, red mouth, and her hair tumbled in loose, blonde waves over the shoulders of a shimmering white silk shirt very wide open at her throat. I moved up beside her and leaned on the rail. Why don't you go home, Sherlock? I can't use a watchdog. You flatter yourself, Adrian. I'm here only to case a setup. If it includes your broken neck, that's just another item in my report. Is that right? Hmm. Well, you're pretty, so I'll make it real easy for you. Set up simply this. I like to go fast. Motorcycles do that for me. So does Pepper that satisfy you? Not quite. You got the curves, baby, but somebody else has the angles. Meaning what? Well, these professionals might resent an amateur moving in. <laughs> what makes you think I'm an amateur, Mr. Marlowe? I'll compete with dear little Mickey North on any basis, curves or angles. I got Pepper, didn't I? Now I'll have her spot in the show, if I want. How does all this set with Lou Bryan? Lou's excess baggage, but strictly... Pepper's been carrying the whole show for weeks. Oh, I go the house now. So it's been nice, Sherlock, but that makes it time to run along, doesn't it? No, I think I'll stick around, honey, whether you like it or not. Suit yourself, but don't stick too close. You might get run over. When a floodlight over the center of the drone flashed on and filled the deep bowl with a dead white glare, the performers climbed through the trap door in the bottom, closed it behind them, and mounted their bikes. With the first roar of the motors, Adrian gripped the railing and stared down. Her eyes glistening with fascination. And now, Jeff Hadley presents the Jeff Peters in a hair-raising exhibition of riding skills. Performed at 70 miles an hour on a vertical wall. Starring Pepper Riggs with lovely Mickey North and smiling Lou Bryan. It was Lou Bryan who led off, starting slowly at first, around and around the sloping base of the bowl. Pepper Riggs watched him for a moment, then looked up, waved at Adrian, and grinned while Mickey North glared straight ahead. There was no smile on smiling Lou Bryan's face either as he whirled faster and faster around the drone. The bowl began to tremble with every revolution as the speeding motorcycles raced over the boards and rose higher and higher on the vertical wall until finally it was only five feet from the rim. Then suddenly from somewhere a black smear sailed out on the white under the tires. A smear that grew with every turn. It was oil. A second later it happened. The back wheel skidded. The bike squirmed out of Blue Lion's control like it was something alive. And then it fell. Come on, break it up. Lou Bryan was dead long before they got him through the trap door and into the ambulance. And watching him fall had put a freeze on my mind that took 20 minutes thawing out. But when the fundamentals of addition went to work again, I started looking around. And just in time to see Moon, the mechanic, barreling a 1930 flivver for all it was worth, out of the parking lot and heading for the highway, lights out. 
I ran to my car, piled in to take after him when something long and yellow smashed into my bumper. Can't you see where you're going? You took the words right out of my mouth, Adrian. You timed it perfectly, didn't you? Timed what perfectly? That block. So Moon, your grease monkey assistant, could put a few miles behind him. Adrian. Adrian, what happened? Marlowe. Yeah. Don't worry, Riggs. Adrian here did a lovely job. Our bumpers are braided. What? You know, I'm getting a little sick of you, Marlowe. You're liable to get sick of Speedy. Because I'm going to find out exactly why Lou Bryan died tonight, and you're going to answer some questions. He died because the oil line broke. Yeah, it happens all the time to wall climbers. It was a tough break, that's all. Oh, sure, sure. Now, look. Just in case you two didn't know, Lou Bryan objected to you, Adrian. So much so, in fact, that he wrote a letter to your father threatening to rough you up if you didn't lay off. And where I sit, somebody beat him to the punch. Guess who? Listen, Marley, you're running off at the mouth. If you got something to say, say it. Right out, like a big boy. Okay. Riggs, Lou Bryan's death was no accident. It was cold, premeditated murder. Tie that on your handlebars, death cheater. do you think? Marlowe seems to think it was Pepper Riggs who monkeyed with Lou's bike so that it would break down in the middle of the act. Do you think Adrian was in on the murderous scheme? Leave your comment at the end of the show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash DL041. I'd love to hear from you. And say, have you listened to Dramatic Listening on Stitcher yet? Stitcher, Radio On Demand, is on demand and on the go. Listen anytime, anywhere. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. Stream your favorite podcasts. Create custom playlists. There are over 20,000 shows to discover. What? Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Well, that's all for this episode. The next episode will be up in two weeks. So bye for now, and see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>